It's not 845. Okay. It's, hold on. It is still 845. I was really hoping it'd be like 846 when I looked at it the clock. It will be eventually. If you wait long enough, it's going to be 846. Well, I, don't I know, know much. it is because Cable came from the future to tell me. <laughs> I, <laughs> he to came from 846. You. He came back in time. No, actually, Bishop went to eight. He's from 846 in the future and he came back to 845 to tell us that time travel is real. Okay. So. Welcome to the Mutant Ages. <laughs> um, you can tell it's the Mutant Ages because we're already talking about time travel, and you can tell we're recording late at night because we're already acting like idiots. I'm Maddie. I am Ryan, and this is a show where we review every X Men adaptation and piece of media out there that's not the comic books. But at this point, we talk a lot about the comic books too. So yeah, I mean, really, so, well, there's right. no holds barred on this show. We'll, we'll, it's got X Men in it. We'll check it out. Heck, even if if it doesn't we don't care yeah <laughs> it, you know it's the x-men they're still mutants they're it's still horny as hell related to we're the as horny as hell as the x-men oh, so yeah. I, mean, I feel like that should be part of the intro to the show is like, I, really, I mean that is what the blurb ended up being on our mutant ages soundcloud I know. page because it's, like, it's not part of the theme song like i feel like the theme song and like our <laughs> usual descriptions of the show really underestimate how x-rated the show has well, become. are you saying you're going to add a line no, that's just like the x-men are I'm also not. fucking each I'm other not, but if i were to ever change the theme song which I won't because I actually think it came out good. I would probably have to write some <laughs> lyrics about how the show is actually about Wolverine and his ex-boyfriends. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power growing in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. Oh. Maddie, if you were going to write any more songs, like write a new album that's not Mutant Ages, because we have a lot of songs on here. I we mean, I, I would love, you could make more music for the Mutant Ages well, if you wanted. If, you, I, if we spontaneously come up with more segments, then I'll have to. And on this show, we just don't do tempt that. me. So I was going to say, like, I was like, well, first I was going to say, oh, we have too many segments. But then I was like, <laughs> don't do. tempt me to add more because it's me and I will. <laughs> let's, so Let's not. If anything, we could stand to take some away. So <laughs> the main deal on this show is that we talk about an adaptation of the X-Men. And, and this, this week, we are talking about an episode of X-Men, the animated series called Phalanx Covenant. And we already did part one on the previous episode. And if you haven't listened to that, you should go back and listen to it because this is the second half half of a two-part episode junction and it's not gonna make as much sense to you if you don't listen to part one but i mean you can you, you can do whatever you want so yeah. i guess previously on the x-men we have to recap uh, everything well, that happened in the right previous so app. previously on the x-men uh warlock who is famous for being in the new mutants mm -hmm. is this alien life form who crashes on earth trying to get away from his own 
like I don't know, like, like dictatorship society. That's the Borg. Yeah, and so he crash lands on Earth. And little does he know that him and his life mate, which yeah, I don't know, is a girl or a guy. It's really like ambiguous, honestly. Yeah. Although they do have a female voice actor, but yeah, I mean, the, yeah, these I know, are at the alien end of this, life forms. Our, our headcanon now is that they don't see gender the way we do, but this show makes sure that it's a heterosexual relationship. Yeah, yeah that's true. And so this thing infects the entire planet of yes. Earth, and it happens very quickly. It's a virus that takes over the Earth very quickly, and it starts infecting everybody, and it right. turns everybody into, like, Tetris blocks, essentially. And we should also say that it isn't just uh, Warlock's life mate that's infecting the Earth. It's also that they their uh, Borg, which is called the Phalanx, comes to Earth and is the real one that's taking over and trying to yeah. get Warlock and his life mate back again. So right. we've got these sort of two heroic aliens who are breaking against the establishment, the like mind control hive of their home world and coming to America, coming to the planet Earth to express their individuality only to then doom the planet accidentally and bring all of that shit with them all of the assimilationist imperialist alien bullshit with them that is taking over the world and taking over every x-men so right and it's doing it through the techno organic virus right although they don't uh, ever call it no they don't but like we know what it is so we may as well just i I know we could just say it's the phalanx and it takes over professor xavier's school after professor xavier gets a Skype call for Mr. Sinister being like, don't go outside. Yeah, Mr. Sinister is now working together with the few remaining mutants who haven't been infected. Right, because or, or Beast escapes yet. with Beast Warlock. Escapes. Beast meets Warlock for the first time and they do some alien and human uh, bestie times and like uh, collaboration times. And then they hook up with Forge and Quicksilver, although Quicksilver ends up getting like sucked into the phalanx. Yeah. And then the three of them are working together with Mr. Sinister, which is a very very fun team up that continues in this episode and is wacky because Mr. Sinister working with the good guys is hilarious in and of itself and also like kind of charming because so yeah it's really funny because this whole episode is a bunch of like side characters who are working alongside Beast to be like science but it's really (laughs) cool I mean I I I turned to you Maddie while I was watching it and I was like I actually kind of like that this is a team of superheroes or i guess not superheroes but a team that assembles because the x-men cannot anymore and also there's no human government or army officials that can assemble and and there's no avengers so it's like literally these people that are left and it comes up we get this like hodgepodge of characters that actually work pretty well together yeah i mean honestly like i like the dynamic that this episode has i think it's um stronger than the first episode which is a lot to say because that usually does not happen on the show usually the second half is just like fucking bonkers yeah but this kind of reminds me of like slave island where they had the two-parter of that i believe and then like both i think the second half was really good because that was the one that ended with storm like sacrificing herself to bust a dam and save everyone yeah there have been occasional examples on this show of a two-parter where both halves are good most of the time one or the other half is the bad half but in this instance i liked both halves and uh that that means it's a rare recommendation of, of parts well i would one say and two. this i mean i know that we went into the last episode in sort of a dire state of mind because obviously this is happening while we're experiencing COVID-19 taking over the earth. I know. Um, things are still in a panic here, but I don't feel as nearly as like panicked as I did two weeks ago when we watched this episode at the start of it. Right. Which is good because this episode 
is a lot more serious because in the last episode but you know what it has a happy ending which honestly as i was watching it i was very relieved in like a very childlike way me too i was like you know something will be okay and it was like kind of sad because whatever we can get to the end when we get to it but there was a moment where i was like is this episode gonna have a sad ending because sometimes this show does that like sometimes (laughs) this show like ends with an episode where beast has to break up with his girlfriend and like stand in the rain by himself or some shit like every now and then this episode just like does a hard left turn into like just some dour reality for the x-men well there's a lot of dark shit with like magneto oh, leaving God, being like yeah. i can never talk to humans By ever way, again magneto's in this episode way to spoil He's the best great. part of the episode ryan okay this is so okay but mr sinister is also fantastic okay, right. in this mr sinister is actually the best part of the episode but the fact that it shockingly suddenly had magneto in it i was like I'm living for this. Yeah, like I what's going this. on here? Like I'm, I'm so happy that like this is the. I forgot that getting. he was in this, and it's like he's actually very good. All right, let's just start talking yeah, about okay. this. Okay, so, so it starts out with Beast and Forge, um, and Warlock on Mister Sinister's ship, just flying around. This is the foursome that's hanging out now, which <laughs> in and of itself is hilarious. And so Beast is trying to radio for help, and of course no one's answering because the entire planet's been taken over by this alien. And Forge is basically like. It's probably the whole world that's been assimilated, but Warlock and I have compiled a bunch of data about the assimilation rates of the virus. And Forge points out that even though a lot of things can be assimilated quickly, mutants take much longer to assimilate and they're, they're not immune to it entirely, but they do the process is significantly slowed down and so then sinister pipes up and he's like perhaps that's why my lab was attacked it is was the largest storehouse of mutant genetics in the world and xavier's records because of course xavier has also been uh, kidnapped and all of his records at the school have been taken over mean that probably the phalanx is is learning how to assimilate mutants which is what beast interrupts to point out and then he's like the combined powers of every mutant on earth i shudder to think of such a possibility and um forge starts to come up with the seed of what their plan is going to end up being which is the obsession with mutant power may be the key to stopping the phalanx and basically what they're going to do is like use themselves as bait like that ends up being a key in the episode yeah. but um first the main part of the plan is that they got to go to Muir island because um it's the only place remote enough that the the virus hasn't gotten to it yet. it's also a lab they have access to yeah, and it's got a lab on it so they fly over then we get a little flash over to the phalanx hive where logan is tied up and yeah that's and the empire state building yes, yeah logan's yes. all in bondage I and groaning to be like <laughs> it's the I empire know. state building but yes logan is in bondage and yeah he's like <laughs> and then cameron hodge comes over he's like I've noticed that your body is special, Wolverine. <laughs> Everyone does this to Logan. Like, every yeah, fucking know. time Logan is kidnapped, there's some man in a lab coat or whatever. I know. And he's put in bondage. His clothes are falling off. And he's groaning and thriving. And, and like, weird ass doctor like you. or whatever is like, I like your bones. I like your blood. I like your guts. I know. <laughs> so it's a classic I mean, it's situation. really interesting because I feel like Wolverine, of all characters, of all the genetics you could study of mutants on the planet i mean he's got a healing factor right, right? that alone like, is, is enough to make everybody come their pants apparently it's just apparently the- <laughs> but there's like definitely far more interesting people you'd want to cut apart like xavier's brain for example yeah you know i just feel like there's a lot of other mutants with much more interesting power sets than 
I think they just want Wolverine's healing factor because it's like, okay, let's make everybody immortal essentially and heal everything. Right. So. And as Cameron points out, the healing factor poses a big problem for the phalanx trying to assimilate him because every time they yeah. try, Wolverine can just, it just heal heals. it back out. So they choose instead to assimilate his bones because apparently like metal is a stronger conductor for the virus than uh, flesh. So they just assimilate his bones and then the phalanx will examine you from the inside out is the final line that Cameron says. Yeah, and I don't think know if they quite do it. They try, yeah, but it's like this weird kinky situation where they're like, "Logan, we're gonna get, we're going to get inside you, and when we're completely inside you, you're gonna admit that you're one of us and you like it." <laughs> yeah, like it's very strange. It's very fanficy. Like there's it definitely is. some like non consensual, but like in a weird fan fiction. I know setup Cam- Cameron Hodge is definitely here. like, it's... "I must enter your body through your butt." Yeah. And- <laughs> Okay, there's also bones. a moment here where I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Or your boner. Yeah. Cameron Hodge also mentions here that mutants cost him his arms and his legs, right. but we don't know what that means. I I can explain that later, but it's not explained in this episode. I mean, it kind but, of is at the very end when they show his whatever. We no, I mean they don't there. explain why. Oh, They're like no, because of mutants, I lost my limbs, and but he doesn't. Thankfully, even because of the phalanx, here. I've got new ones. I know. I don't know. He just kind of like says that in passing while he's like rubbing Wolverine's cock and being like, "I used to have limbs too once," <laughs> and we're like, "Okay." <laughs> But now I've assimilated and I have limbs all the time. Now he can can basically turn into like a metal tentacle monster whenever he wants to. I mean, Cameron Hodge is like a very weirdly sexual in this, but he's like a like weird alien. Yeah, he's like a classic X Men TAS villain at this point because like there's fucking tentacles again. There's like a weirdly sexual villain who's like I warned you about that. Okay, episode one of our show. I said just so you know, there's there's gonna gonna be like tentacles tentacles all over the show. That many. I don't I don't really remember that many tentacles. And then rewatching a show with you, I'm like, oh, every fucking episode people are being <laughs> there's tentacles and they come out of like the fucking sewers to get Wolverine specifically yeah. and put him in bondage. I mean, the tentacles came for Xavier in the previous episode. Like the tentacles are coming. Yeah, they did see I don't I don't even have like a tentacle fetish or anything like that, but this show does. Oh, this no, show it definitely does, did. It probably gave it to people. Like I know. <laughs> well, probably in a lot of shows at that time because when we were kids whenever they had a serious show like this a good way to clearly establish that a character was struggling right. and like in they couldn't kill them or inj- right, like so wound them just wrap them up wrap them up in something or, like, yeah tentacles or something and it was always like them squirming because i remember as a kid like other scenes were like even in like this is so stupid but i remember in, like the super mario brothers show there's like a scene where mario gets tied up and i remember thinking like that was like weirdly like not sexy at the time because i didn't know what that meant yet yeah, as a kid but i was like, like this is i was weird. like something's weird here <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny you should find that and tweet it so that people listening to this episode can know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> so they about. can relate super mario to like wolverine being tentacle I fucked like okay exactly the same i mean anyway wolverine is going to be tied up and moaning for almost this entire episode like he is the damsel in distress for pretty much this whole again. thing like, i mean it again. happens quite frequently honestly it so does. it just happens so so anyway, back to Muir Island. Um, so they explain the whole situation to Moira, and <laughs> there's this part where Beast gets really frustrated and shouts "blast it" and then apologizes to everyone. And it's like Beast, that's not even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought that was really funny too because he's looking so at adorable. Like he... I know he's looking into the microscope and he's just like 
blasted i can't figure this out sorry i'm just really tired we've been running all day and they're like everyone's like okay and like that's when somebody's like would you like some coffee and that somebody turns out to be amelia. amelia yeah from asteroid m amelia vote the other redhead that charles xavier dated yeah there it's so fucking weird to see that shot of amelia and moira standing next to each I other because a they look identical and b they both fucked charles I so know. it's like you know what I, is this I thought it was really weird for a few seconds but then i thought about it and i was like i actually really like this arc for them because it basically Me means that xavier's exes are just hanging out being like first of all we're like doctors essentially and like (laughs) don't need that fucking guy and like i don't know i just thought that was really funny to imagine the two of them becoming friends like there was a point in time in your life where i think you when you were ex-boyfriends ex-girlfriends you two became friends and you're like yeah fuck this totally happened to a lot of people where like after you break up with somebody you like reach out to the other people that they dated and you're like so that person (laughs) was crazy right and then that's like a fun a fun new friendship for you and moira and amelia definitely have that vibe yeah i love that about that so so like it turns out that amelia was training to be a doctor and so now she's a resident so she's like studying under moira at weir island so that's very convenient and she's like wearing medical scrubs and stuff and yeah and she brings some samples over to beast yeah and offers to help and beast says he needs a gas chromatograph of each of these samples which i was like there's so much technical language in this episode that is is, that even a real thing I, i don't know I like truly don't know how somebody much can of write these... in and let us know at the ages at gmail.com because I don't know I don't I don't know I don't know anything about biology or like internal medicine or like any of the shit they're studying in this episode but like the amount of technical language is kind of impressive I don't know why they chose to write it that way so then um, we go to a wide shot and we see Mr. Sinister's gay ass shit parked outside the lab <laughs> it's like bright pink it's amazing and then a seagull lands on it and it turns out the seagull's infected by the fuck virus and so that infects the entire ship and it's like great which is not the case of the virus that we're dealing with in real life that's not being spread by animals so this are the only vector so that yeah but it does remind me of resident evil with the t-virus which gets spread by rats but rats have typically carried that kind of like disease before Mm -hmm. so but this is like a this is almost like at a much grander scale than the the covid19 because this is something that can affect everything yeah like it's like like anything that's organic yeah Yeah. i mean although COVID 19 is kind of similar to that because it lives for so long on surfaces which is like part of the issue with it is like you have to keep well it's 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 very specific to the kind of surface which is actually comes up in this episode and i was like huh yeah so i mean clearly this episode is mimicking like the idea of an actual pandemic and like what it would be like i mean it's sort of a horror situation but it's just interesting to compare it to the real one that we're in right now and be like huh some of this is clearly inspired by actual science right how it would work and i think a lot of that does that in this episode and a lot of this episode also sets stuff to be like okay it is actually possible to get through a pandemic if you work together it turns out so yeah, let's just hope the world nice also theme. figures that out <laughs> it is a nice you know, theme. friendship works we're gonna fight the virus with friendship yeah I, so well, you know what is sometimes you gotta hey, hang sinister. out with mr sinister sometimes you gotta <laughs> just make some compromises and talk to that guy so banshee and beast are talking about the virus inside the lab again and banshee's like is this a computer virus or a common and cold virus and beast is like both actually the phalanx like warlock is part biological part mechanical and then i just wrote blah 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 because like i couldn't deal with the number of like technical phrases that beast says <laughs> in this episode there's there's a lot of like 
science jargon that happens that I like did not follow, yeah, and I was like, I, I hope Maddie got it because it's just because it doesn't. I think a lot much. of it's shit that they made up yes. to make it sound smart. I think so you know, too. like which happens a lot on the show because sometimes I'll be like. Oh, you know, we got the techno bippity bop, and they're like, "Oh yeah, but that." We have to you know, beep the bloop in order to bippity bop. Yeah, what was that? Th- what was the thing when they said they're like the techno, the like techno polarity yeah, vortex, like, and we were like, "What the fuck saying. is that?" But, like that's this whole episode too. So like the next thing that happens, which I like barely even understood what they were doing as I was watching <laughs> it, is Forge putting Warlock sample in a vial of some stuff they've that they the good guys have developed into like this sort of microwave thing, which I think is just like some sort of like vacuum sealed oh with the box. little metal yeah like yeah and so then they all get to watch through a window as like warlock sample tries to infect the vial of whatever stuff it is and then like that vial sort of explodes it back out of it and everybody cheers and i was like okay so i guess they <laughs> must have developed some type of cure but like didn't explain that fully so like fine and so then forge is like don't celebrate yet we have to trick the phalanx into assimilating the virus quickly before it knows what it is one of us will have to act as bait and that was when i was like oh so they developed a virus to fight against the virus which is like okay so interesting and fun it is it is interesting don't know if that would actually hold up in this world but if it does i don't know i mean like it it seems like the COVID 19 like if anybody has anything at all yeah it makes it a bigger problem i mean but i think it's like it's kind of like antibodies like they describe it as a virus to fight a virus in this which like it would be it would be like a virus that's like healthy for humans and (laughs) yeah uh, organics which which do exist you know virus is trying to infect you well yeah it's it's more like a better okay so they do it as viruses as at this they're like oh it's a viral infection fighting a viral infection right what makes more sense if it's like a bacterial situation because there's so much healthy bacteria in the world um, i mean that's that's how you may as well think of it you know like yeah it, it just basically or like antibodies or like some type of of thing that you could get that would fight against the virus that you have that's not yeah like viruses are so it. weird that's not i mean like use it in this actual episode yeah like, it doesn't fully make any sense how it works it's kind of magical like it doesn't really line up with like how vaccines work or like anything well i mean this else. is the x-men universe right. so so it's like sometimes like this... it's sorcery sometimes it's technology we don't really know sometimes I mean, it's Mr. both Sinister's there who's to say if he's a sorcerer or a mutant who fucking cares <laughs> whatever the, oh my god so... you know there was that period of time very recently where people were like, oh, is Mr. Sinister also a master of the yes. dark arts? Because he was operating and doing like... I think we talked like, about it on this show briefly. We probably did, but I, I, I looked more into it and read more about it and read more of the comics. I was like, oh no, he's just experimenting on ma- magical people, but like and myst- mythical creatures but it's still just mr sinister like doing Fucking science around. or whatever the fuck you f- yeah I, yeah that's all it is yeah, i mean that's basically <laughs> at this point it's like what here. called alchemy i don't know yeah. so so he did mr sinister and forge and, and the gang do some type of alchemical ritual <laughs> the gang's here yeah and and so warlock interrupts this whole experiment and is like what will happen to self's life mate and by the way he refers to himself as self all the time life mate does that too and we meet the the two of them together but um yeah that's how they that's how the aliens talk and so Forge is just kind of like, I, talk to. I don't really know. <laughs> like straight up, he's <laughs> like, I don't know what's going to happen when we when we use this virus to fight against the phalanx because 
shit could go wrong. And Beast is like, maybe we should do some more research. And Warlock is like, no, it's Self's fault that your world is in danger. If Self's life mate must be destroyed to save your planet, then Self will act as bait and be destroyed with her. And then he sets off the phalanx alarm, which is very similar to the mutant <laughs> alarm, but it's actually phalanx alarm. Wait, wait. The phalanx alarm is his head morphing into like a horn yeah. and an alarm clock. Yeah. It was very funny. It, it was funny. a very funny image. I feel like the reason they have that funny image is because he's just said the saddest shit you've ever heard. Which <laughs> I mean, is, this, I'm okay this show, with it. Like, that's classic X-Men know, the Animated Series right there. He's like, I'm ready to die for your planet and also see my love, my lover die as well. And we're just both going to die because we fucked up so badly by coming here. Anyway, now my head is, it's like is that, a it's, boomerang or some shit. I know. <laughs> like, that's like what happens on this show all the time. Like that time that Storm was like, She's like, please, I'm going to save everybody by breaking this dam. And she's like, goes to sacrifice herself. And she's like, goodbye, world. And then Ro catches her. And she's like, we need to get you a donut, sugar. And it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's. That's- you know, it's like that kind of thing. Also, there was a moment that I didn't even mention this right here when they saw that their little like virus thing works, right? Yeah. And <laughs> they all start cheering, like all of them are like science. <laughs> it's you know? so great because, like, to see Mister Sinister and Forge and Beast all cheering the same thing is just like an image I didn't think I would ever see, and is therefore really charming to me. There's a lot of like shots in this that I wanted to screen cap. Like that was one of them yes. with all of them on the same panel. There's another one later when Cameron Hodge says some batshit insanity, and it's just all the scientists standing there being like, "What the fuck." <laughs> Yeah. Okay, also, there's a lot of animation errors in this, and I thought they were all hilarious because it's all shit that only I would ever notice. I'm not even an animator. It's just, like, I've had enough animator friends at this point. Yeah, and you have, like, very good noticing skills for, like, objects being in the wrong spot or something. Okay, but that isn't even just, like, an animation thing. I sort of had, like, this sixth sense with even watching film where I'm like, that prop isn't supposed to be there. I'll be like... (laughs) I, or it's like you know when they noticed in that like final season of Game of Thrones where somebody's Starbucks yeah, like was on set, the like coffee cup. Yeah, I you, didn't. I didn't watch that season. Been running the show, that never would have happened because you would have. Oh noticed no, it, it. would have stayed. It's like I. Oh my god, it's. I can always tell when shit is not supposed to be what it is on screen, and I don't know why. I think it's because I have edited so many fucking videos in my I life. I think it is too, but I also think it's just a natural skill you have. Like maybe it's maybe. I mean. I guess there's nothing wrong with having attention to detail, right? Yeah, that's I mean, a good. It's just uh, one of the things that you can do. It's, if you want to hire me for that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is actually my mutant power. Yes. Um, okay. Anyway, so, so where are we? Um, so after so the the phalanx alarm, over the phalanx has taken over sinister ship, which is what warlock senses and then screams about. And so everybody runs <laughs> outside. They watch sinister ship get turned into a big yellow phalanx Tetris. Mac- Mister Sinister is so mad about I it know. too. I mean, he's like, excuse me. <laughs> that's my ship yeah. and we're like he's like somebody needs to get spanked for that and we're like not now mr sinister you still have to run <laughs> so he's so. like he's screaming at them to use the virus on it because they obviously have this virus now that can fight against the, the phalanx and forge is like right. we only have six ampules and we don't know what it will take to destroy the core i won't use them unless there's no other way and so they run I mean, that's fair. and then the phalanx's tentacles are like coming down the hallway towards them and then like forge and moira like narrow managed to escape the fucking tentacles while running over to the plane and okay wait that's so funny though because they're like the tentacles show up and Moira does like a backflip over one yeah. and I'm like what uh, when did Moira, Moira get is, these like, skills of gymnast <laughs> feats and like is leaping over these freaking okay, tentacles also 
I know that this would have resolved the episode immediately, but where the fuck is her kid? Yeah, that's a good point. Is he just like? Isn't he there somewhere in a lab, like locked up down there? Because if they just let him loose, the kid would have been like, "Time to turn the the, the fucking virus phalanx into nothing." Yeah, you know, I, I mean, don't know. I guess we have to believe that he was like assimilated or something, or something like that. Okay, but, but imagine if they worried about that. I don't know. You're right. That's really weird. Like, well, she is. She and Amelia are worried about the patients, which are, I guess there's a bunch there. She doesn't mention her son. Maybe that's who she's thinking of when she says that, because I guess Forge doesn't know about her son and she's so ashamed still that like maybe she would yeah. mention it even in this moment when her son is like in danger of being infected which is kind of dark actually but like yeah all right moira whatever i mean i guess that kind of potentially explains her behavior in like two minutes from now where she's like not I willing mean, to leave um moira is Moira's oh, she really watched <laughs> she really is she she walks that line of like I could be an evil super genius scientist or I could do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I think I'm going to do the right thing for mutant kind. But if I have to also fuck them over a little bit to figure that out, I'm okay with that. And we're like, "Mm, (laughs) I can see why Xavier dated you. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Because she's willing to cut some weird corners morally in order to like justify (laughs) all the time experimenting on her own kid for a really long time on this show. Well, I mean, that whole thing that with her being revealed as a mutant recently And people are like, we're like, you know, we had that reader mail that said something about how that really kind of negates the fact that with everything with the legacy virus. Right. But then I was like, I was, I was like, you know what though? If she, that is the kind of shit she would do though. Like I would, I would buy it that she would like make humans think they could contract this virus in order to like prevent people from knowing that she's a mutant so she can continue doing her studies. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is pretty fucked up and definitely makes Moira a more fucked up character, which we talked about on that episode, but like yeah. it's possible Moira was always kind of fucked up. And this show... I kind of feel like this show she has been. Yeah. And like Banshee puts up with it for some reason. By the way, Banshee also from in this Generation episode. X. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I didn't look up if it was actually the same actor or not because I know they change voice actors on this show like 16 times, but as far as I know, it's the same guy. I I guess i'll look it up while i'm editing this episode and, and add it in yep it's jeremy ratchford looks like he voiced banshee in every episode of x-men tas at least that i can tell <laughs> they all go to moira's plane and banshee stays behind as they all run into the plane to like hold off the phalanx and like scream in its face but it doesn't really work and the phalanx takes yeah, it i don't over. know what that, the point of that is it's like the band so buy them time i guess i don't I know. know so so it takes him over and where's like no i need banshee and so then she goes to like save him and she gets assimilated by the phalanx and beast is holding on to boira being like no! uh no i can't let her go and mr sinister just pushes her out of the back of the plane yes. she's like don't be a fucking idiot it's amazing. Like, like sinister just immediately is like stop he's like like it, he is the person who's like you've been bitten by a zombie you're fucking dead now like he instantly is like we need to take care of ourselves here like we are not fucking around like oh i know but i also love how casually he does that because beast is like i will let you go and mr sister just like daintily pushes her out like it's he's just like oh no get her off the ship yeah. like no and i think this line is you want her to infect the whole plane <laughs> it's just like yeah i mean it's completely practical like also they're gonna eventually try to save everybody anyway so it's not even like a zombie virus where people die as soon as they're infected like in theory they're gonna save everybody if they pull this can off can you imagine like mr sinister standing be like 
the only way to save the planet is if I work with these heathens. Yeah. You know? like, that is what he's putting up with, though, is that he's like, I have to work with these fucking idiots. And he's just like... I mean, it's mostly Hank at this point, right. because Hank is super smart, but he gets all, like, emotional. Moral. Where I feel like... <laughs> he has well, morals. But Forge is more... I think Forge actually is a better character in this particular story, because A, he's a scientist, but B, he is, like, a soldier. Like, yeah. in a way that... Because like Hank's he a can freedom deal with the fighter, stress. and Hank is like ki- Hank is a freedom fighter, but he's also like kind of just a regular guy in some respects. Well, like, that's like all the X Men. I yeah. mean, a lot of them are like that. They've just been training in the fucking danger room, and then they're like, okay, now we're gonna go fight like real crime. Yeah, but like Forge is an actual soldier of war. Yeah, so he's like very level headed through all of this, and I like there's like there's a lot of moments where Mister Sinister and him talk to each other, and also they're like, okay, good. Good. They like they're just on the same page, and like I I appreciate that because I think that is a very uh, real war thing to happen within wars. That suddenly you have to work with your enemy in order to survive, and it's like you understand that it's a tactical move versus a like emotional emotional one. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Beast so. is definitely still in his feelings for most of this episode, but I I liked it. Like I liked all of the different contrasts between reactions. I did too. I mean, I think that's very on character for Beast. Yeah, 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 totally. So anyway, um, Amelia is like, I have an idea about who we can talk to. It's an old friend of mine and she like takes them to the arctic circle well i love their little line that she screams she's like mr sinister set the coordinates for the arctic ring and i was like okay i like how somebody just screamed mr sinister set the coordinates you know like i know it's really funny like in the background mr sinister like rolling his eyes like don't fucking tell me what to do he's like this is my ship i'm the pilot i'm not just the pilot but i'm the pilot it's not his ship anymore it's oh no it's not anymore but sinister is still in charge of it for some reason like everybody's just kind of been like well i guess sinister's flying the ship like for some reason that's been something they're all okay with which is also funny oh i know well so they arrived to this like fortress of solitude right and there's this big door and they're like we can't figure out how to open it because we rang the doorbell and nobody's like opening it it. so mr sinister goes to blow it up and amelia's like here let's let yeah she's just like are you always like this which is really funny because i don't actually think he is no (laughs) i don't think he is i think he's just in a bad mood like a sin like and also very relatable like sinister's just like we don't have any fucking time for this like we don't have time for a doorbell right now people like we need to just (laughs) knock down the door and like he's he's in a very moody temperament i I mean i would be too and then so amelia i didn't even she could do this but like amelia vapes them all in like a teleportation device this up and apparently she like in certain instances has the has had the power Power to do it but like it's really difficult for her but in this episode she's essentially just nightcrawler like suddenly she has the power to just teleport people from end to end of the earth with no problem yeah like seemingly. through smoke yeah i know as opposed to like it barely being something that she's capable of doing but yeah so she teleports them inside and guess whose lair this is it's magneto which is so fucking cool. Like, I was okay, not but expecting like, this at all. He's sitting there, and he, okay, this is bearded Magneto, by yes. the way. He's turned into, like, hot daddy mode, so, yeah, I mean, like... like, sad, depressed dad mode, more like, where he's, like, sitting in the shadows in a completely empty, like, warehouse bunker, sealed off from the world entirely, probably completely protected from the virus, but I don't know if that's why he's doing it. He's just doing it... Because well, no, because I don't mad. think he even knows it's happening. He because doesn't. then Amelia comes in and she's like, 
listen, there's this virus coming over. It's taking over your boyfriend yes. and it's assimilated she him. She mentions Charles specifically because she's like, this is going to work. I got to mention that Xavier's been kidnapped. And he's like, he's like, I don't even care anymore. And he's like, you come in here. You come into my house. You bring in that trash. And he points at Mr. Sinister. <laughs> and Mr. Sinister's like, you arrogant fuck. And I was like, and I was like, and that's when Beast is like, hold on. No, everyone. There's actually a virus that's taking over the entire planet. It's an alien life form and it's going to take over Earth. And that's when Magneto has like that really intense line where he's like, honestly, after Asteroid M, I'm fucking exhausted of fighting this fight for this life and that we can't win. Yeah. We're just never going to win. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I've tried everything. The, you know, like, I'm I don't really care. If, I don't yeah, care. He's like, I don't really care me. if the Earth is like assimilated because nobody fucking cares I mean, it doesn't it's matter mostly he, that it sounds like he's willing to die because he says I know. losing asteroid m has made me weary of this life weary of this endless struggle which makes it sound like it's not that he cares if the earth dies he's more just like i'm okay with dying which is like damn magneto damn, is in I know. a it's rough depressive episode right now and yeah. then beast is like all right maybe this will snap him out of it the phalanx has also captured quicksilver your son and who it, you met two seconds ago like it kind of works magneto kind of has this moment of reflecting and being like my son and then beast is like it's not too late i believe we can save him and all the others but we can't do it without your help this is where your magnetic gifts will prove invaluable and so then magneto is like all right you, you drag hey, me mean, back in i know you got know. me you fucking so got me so again. we have this fucking amazing team random up. team of <laughs> beast and uh amelia and warlock and mr sinister and, and forge and magneto and it's like i fucking love it i, I would know. read a comic about this i think it's like a very like it's a strange team up that also works you yeah. know what i mean like I, I don't know I truly don't know why they go to Newfoundland next, though. Like, just right. I don't know like, either. Don't There's also only know. one building that's been completely compromised by this thing, but I don't know. And it's like the phalanx has taken over, and like this old dude walks on over who turns out to be Magneto masked by Warlock. Yeah. So Magneto is just in disguise as a random uh, townsperson who's been assimilated, and he's just walking around this town, and like, I guess they could go anywhere. Like, they just went to a random town that was like, maybe nearby-ish? I, I don't, think they I don't went to, they I don't know, I think there. they went to a pretty remote area that had been infected, but remote enough that maybe the phalanx wouldn't notice them. Right. But it doesn't fucking work, because as soon as Magneto like, because I guess his magnetic powers can, like, trap the stuff in bubbles right i mean so, also he can pick up a piece of the phalanx because it's like made out of this magnetic material i guess or some type of metallic material and he can pick it up with his powers without touching it which is like right. this is a thing that almost nobody else has the power to do and he does so he like yeah. picks it up he blocks it into like a little electromagnetic sphere and he's like trying to carry it away even though he's like obviously using his powers in order to like contain it and like that's clearly very difficult and then a bunch of the other possessed villains villagers see magneto and then they just instantly attack him and the tentacles come right the fuck out it takes oh, like they, two seconds like for the tentacles, tentacles to be everywhere there. it's instant and then magneto somehow manages to get away by putting himself and warlock into one of his larger spheres that he uses to float around in and yeah. they get away i don't know how they do it but they do i don't i don't even know like that whole scene is it's really abs- insane it's crazy like the amount of tentacles is crazy but that's just there's like episode. tentacles then they're all screaming tentacles and then it goes back onto the ship yeah there's like this whole scene where they have the phalanx goop floating inside the bubble and beast is like 
Huh, it's interesting. It looks like it's trying to reconnect to the phalanx hive mind. I don't know how he figures that out. I don't He either. just says that. He just it, looks it's at it really and he honestly says it. a hypothesis. And they're like, yeah, sure. And there's this amazing line where Forge goes, Mr. Sinister, prepare to administer the virus. And Mr. Sinister, Mr. Sinister goes, with pleasure. <laughs> and is like way too fucking excited about it. Yeah, like, but then, then the goop turns into Cameron Hodge's head inside yep. the bubble, and it's a fucking bonkers image to look at, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And so Beast is like, Cameron Hodge. And then Cameron's yeah. like, just a reasonable facsimile. Like, I guess it's just a copy of himself because all he can do now is like transmit himself into all these different pieces of the phalanx. Yeah, he's he just the internet now. And then so. Warlock is like, warning, this is the human that abducted my life mate. And Cameron's like, Warlock is correct. But as you can see, I am no longer human. I'm Earth Guide to the Stars. Through me, the phalanx will soon absorb all living things of value and we will prosper. After Genosha, which, by the way, for the listener, um, the last time we saw Cameron Hodge, he was like, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, like representative of Genosha, like at the was he? fake UN or whatever the fuck it was. I didn't realize that was him. I, I remember think, the last time we saw maybe him, he, he just was, was like in charge of Genosha or something. He was like affiliated with it in some well, way. Well, he was in some of the early episodes of season one, but he was like a good guy still there. Right. Or at least posing as one. Yeah. They, there's this, it kind of like, goes over goes past the whole like he's an anti-mutant terrorist posing as a good guy thing and this is just he's already the phalanx so yeah, i feel like there is a, a piece of i feel like we've just forgotten it but there is an episode where he's like working in genosha or some shit you know you're probably right i mean i just don't remember yeah at this point so anyway his description of what happened is after G- it is, it's a fucking monologue by the way so after genosha i joined the government's ufo task force analyzing artifacts recovered from crash sites the phalanx found me but it was i who informed them of the urgency of absorbing mutants to increase its own power and then beast is like the phalanx can't absorb mutants dumbass and cameron's like but it's only a matter of time don't you see dr mccoy this is the final solution to the scourge of genetic mutation at which point i was like are you fucking kidding me because the final solution is the phrase the nazis used to describe the holocaust and like that is such a hyper specific phrase final solution yeah. that i'm like you're saying this shit to magneto right now like how dare I know, you man? i know like, how that's fucking fucked dare up you and then isn't it beast is like uh so, so you everyone's want... gonna fucking die because <laughs> like that's that's the panel i was talking about where all the scientists are staying there with their mouths like completely wide yeah, they're like just like what the what fuck the actual is going fuck on? is wrong with you yeah and uh, cameron's like no i want the assimilation of all organic life everywhere in the universe and then he goes on this there's like a lot of, about, oh my like, god and there's so this is the part where i was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. This is where like I could not follow anything anymore. There had been too much science talk or fake t- science talk this at this is, point. The that fake I was science like, talk really ramps up to eleven, and I only wrote down some of it. But basically, the phalanx can create perfect copies, like clones of things, because it's like digital or some shit. Which yeah. even in that situation like you can still introduce errors but whatever it's a science fiction show so we're imagining the phalanx can create perfect copies of every mutant every being that they want to create so therefore they can create these like perfect beings and assimilate them or whatever and then the universe will be cleansed says cameron and beast is like forever cleansed of individual thought and emotion love hate curiosity wonder all the things that make life life and then i was just kind of sitting there like would it be though because like is the phalanx creating perfect copies of mutants and like keeping their brains intact or is it like creating perfect copies and like they're also no it's like creating like what is it even creating in this situation i guess that's a good point because warlock obviously 
Yeah, well, he Warwick has, clearly has Warwick emotions clearly and feelings. He has the ability to break away from whatever this is and have his own individual What thoughts. we established in the last episode is that Warlock is different from most of ra- his race in that way because he has compassion where right. a lot of, a lot of other right. of the phalanx do not so i mean that is probably what it is is that he actually he's is a mutant. A, yeah yeah he's a he's a real mutant to his species because he has emotion where the rest of them can't feel like that so right. that's what's being assimilated this all gets cut by the way by mr sinister being like i'm fucking bored magneto inject the motherfucker <laughs> in the butt it's like, amazing it's and then so so maggie just like floats the little violin and cameron hodge is like "Ooh, a little snack for me and then he eats it and turns back into like organic material which is a stone yes. and falls down mr sinister is really fucking excited about it by the way he's like oh it works yes and we're like <laughs> okay it's actually great um so then forge is like there's hope that the assimilated humans will be restored just like this stone and then they're like great let's all go to the phalanx core and then they go to the empire state building um and cameron now Hodge, gambit is in bondage okay, by the yeah, way we see a quick shot of, of gambit in in bondage and i think cameron throws some cards at him I, yeah because he's stolen shot. his power I or guess, something yeah i mean i couldn't is, really tell this is one of those things where i'm like what is the phalanx capable of like is it creating perfect copies of people but also stealing people's mutant powers yeah can it get its powers because it's not really well established in this episode so we just have to assume that maybe that's what's happening yeah i didn't mind that it wasn't established like i feel like they have tons of shit to explain here and it's already scary enough as it is with yeah and there's like a lot they've had to unload on a bunch of children at this point yeah especially this next scene which is like cameron hodge's head coming away from logan's cock licking his lips being like now that i have wolverine's dna (laughs) we can assimilate mutants yeah and then logan is like the only thing that'll help you do is carve your own tombstone which i was like logan i don't even really think that's true but i appreciate also, logan you're talk. like really not able to do anything i do appreciate logan's attempts at still being a badass yeah, but he can't really do it when he's tied up and like all four limbs so whatever yeah i know well but not his fifth one because that one's being consumed by cameron hodge obviously oh, obviously I- and then the phalanx is like assimilation of the remaining mutants will begin immediately and cameron's like they must be processed one at a time and then they start with xavier because why the fuck not yeah. well well no they explain it they say that his psychic powers allow them to communicate even better and more stronger than before right in which professor xavier i actually do like this lie where professor xavier goes hodge did you lose your humanity when you were assimilated or did you even have any to begin with? Which is like, oh, but also like really strong throwing words coming from Professor Xavier. I know. I did, so, I did think it was fun that they apparently thought this line was so cool that they don't give Cameron a rejoinder to, to like throw back at Yeah, him. I know. Like he just stares at Xavier and then the scene cuts away. Like they <laughs> well, were just I mean, like, no, we're going to give Xavier the last word in this scene because I think it would have worked better if they had ever explained that Cameron Hodge was actually an anti-mutant person posing as a pro-mutant in person to kidnap and kill mutants yeah. you know what i mean i feel like they did and we're just forgetting that part no they didn't because it's like such a dark concept because even the friends of humanity which is already dark enough like this is like a step ahead of that right, be because like, it's like someone pretending to be your ally and like, then they turn like on imagine you. if you were like i mean that okay, happens the best, in real life like people i was gonna say yeah like imagine you. if you went to like like okay back in the 90s if you went to like an lgbtq pride gathering and you pose as a gay person 
to get closer get some gay people aside and then and, kill the shit out of them or try because to take you're actually to conversion like, camps i feel like a lot of conversion camp marketing was but that's like not, well sure that but that's though. not what cameron hodge would do well, cameron yeah. hodge would like literally take them in another and room and be like them. i'm killing you because you're gay yeah that's and it's like yeah. i don't know i was only pretending to be on your side so i could fucking kill you like that is some dark shit that they're not going to do on a kid's show. Yeah, so true. I think Xavier has this past tense knowledge of him that we don't have as the viewer, but if you are a X-Men fan, you would understand that Xavier would be so dumb with this kind of shit. Or like, I, I would love to have, I think I would have preferred this line coming out of like, rogue yeah because it seems like it'd be you know, fun if that rogue is... were like in this episode at all she just gets kidnapped and like doesn't show up again until the very end i mean of it's better than gene who oh does appear God. in this and again she doesn't fucking okay, do anything and then she's like oh! we will talk about gene in a second okay so <laughs> um moira's ship is flying into nyc forge is looking at a model of the empire state building that he's apparently like created as a hologram inside the ship and he's like pointing at different things on there and he's like here's where all the aliens are and i was like forge how the fuck would you know this but like fine whatever we're just gonna pretend that you know exactly where they are i mean they didn't even have like a map or anything I know, and he was but just he, like, like somehow acts like they do so he just points in like the middle of the empire state building he's like that's where they are and it's like okay well he says something like there's still life forms alive but, in like, how the lower core i don't know. i would assume okay my assumption is that warlock can sense that and t- tells them that and what they just didn't air that part uh, yeah. there's probably a scene before that where Warlock was supposed to say, or we have to assume I mean, he said, it doesn't really you know, matter. I, I wasn't, no, but I wasn't like, mad at it. I just was like, it's funny that they said, no, but I had the same, the same reaction to as you did. And I was like, okay, so what's going on? And then I, I assumed that Warlock was like, okay. Cause you know how you can always sense the, the phalanx. Yes. And you can also sense when there's not the phalanx. No, so let's right, just assume right, that happened. Right, right. So, um, okay. So then Amelia so, teleports them in there with her powers, which are all powerful now. And well, she teleports in her beast and Mr. Sinister specifically, because the rest have a different, job later right so that's true and i don't know how they get in but i guess oh no forge forge is in there too yeah right? so amelia forge and mr sinister they create this force field which whatever i don't know how they make this either but as presumably forge made it really okay, fucking uh, fast which is really funny because then they're like we need to find gene immediately to hold up the force field because we have like two minutes before it breaks yeah so, so like, the force field does not work that well apparently so they no, so it, like gene takes out. over like a big chunk of the room and amelia finds gene yes and this is where they're like they pull her out and she's like oh, oh. And amelia's like <laughs> gene save yourself we need yeah i know she's like i don't even know where I, it's like all the other characters like are awake and being tortured or Xavier's just floating in a pod, you know, talking to them. I don't know. And Gene is fainting on Amelia. Like, I don't know. I know. Like they're releasing everybody out and they're all going to fight. And Gene's like, Oh, I, I just, I'm overwhelmed right now. We're like, what the fuck? And they're like, Gene, can you like create a force field? She goes, okay, I've got this. And then like immediately it breaks. So then she has to do that. Yeah. And then Uh, Lorna shows up. Lorna gets saved as well. I guess they've freed because they're like, they say we have to save, Lorna and Jean, because obviously Lorna would have Magneto's powers. Right, uh, but she doesn't actually do anything unless I missed it. I don't. I think. I think she's just shooting little beams that keeps the tentacles from getting to them while they're freeing people. Because then, probably my favorite part of the episode right here is when Mister Sinister frees Cyclops, who immediately jumps out and shoots him. And Cyclops is like, "Sinister, I knew you were behind this." And Amelia just shows up. She goes, "Shut the fuck up!" It's so great. She's just like ducks okay but it was also really funny to me that sinister decided he was Saves gonna be him. the one to save scott like he knew I, okay. he knew what uh, was gonna happen maybe, 
Like, I think it was more like Sinister wanted to open the pot and get like steal Cyclops away first. Yes. That's my theory. But then Cyclops honestly. immediately woke up and attacked him, and Sinister was like, "Shit!" Well, because unlike Gene, and uh, like he's actually ready to fight when he gets out of the pod, like all of them. Gene's the only one who comes out. She's like, "I'm so I fell tired. asleep." <laughs> yeah, you know. Anyway, um, Amelia yells at Scott and is like, "He's on our side, dumbass!" And Scott is just like, "What?" And then Forge is like, "Amelia." start teleporting them to safety we'll try to free the others and then a shitload of cameron hodges show up just like in general like they're all just floating around so that's happening in the background and then we see a little pan over to um warlock and magneto and beast who are in another part of the hive they're in the like epicenter of it all like they're whatever that's called i don't know the middle and so beast hands warlock the vial with the virus inside of it and he's like are you sure you want to do this and warlock's like it is self responsibility thank you self friend hank and then magneto like beams them up and like they hover in this sphere up inside yeah that's like near the core or whatever and And magneto has like great line looking yeah no i know but magneto has that line says this is it make it look good and i was like i fucking love you magneto Yeah, because he's faking it so like as magneto that that line where magneto's like make it look good he says it to himself and that's when you figure out like oh he's like pretending to be fighting against the phalanx right now and so he's like shouting at cameron hodge like i'm reinforcing the forest field you won't be able to get in but then like obviously letting in cameron hodge just so that cameron will be infected although i mean we also skipped over the part where cameron was just blatantly hitting on magneto for like five minutes where he was like (laughs) the beard's a new look for you somehow you pull it off and he's like i know and then cameron hodge is like the gayest part of this episode yeah it's wild and when magneto attacks him cameron's like some people can't take a compliment let's just see how much power your little force bubble can absorb before it pops which is like why is he flirting Um, why is it so sexual i don't know so anyway cameron ends up getting infected by warlock because he tries to attack and like it takes the bait essentially and he's like from what i i kind of what, what i got from this or at least my adaption of it, or adaption is not the right word. Um, Interpretation. What's the word I'm looking for? Interpretation. My brain's not fully working today, guys, okay? <laughs> Warlock is trying to get that contagion in there so he can, like, infect the whole system. Mm-hmm. And his plan is not to get captured, but then he does. And in that moment, Warlock's like, because he has that line where he's like, I have to do this to save Earth. Yeah. Which, like, because he's wrapped up. So he thinks he's going to die yeah, when he, like, throws it down. up. But that wasn't his attention. It was just like, it was like just this very fast moment where he's running to let it, that virus loose, but then the the fucking phalanx gets him, and without a second thought, Warlock is like, "Okay, I have to break this now and kill myself in the process, or else like we're all gonna die." That's so, interesting because I interpreted it his emotions there differently in the sense that really? I thought he was pretending to be trying to get away, but that he was trying to intentionally get kidnapped because I thought he was planning no, to sacrifice I, himself all along. Because remember earlier in the episode, he was like. I'll be the bait. I'll carry well, the he said he'll, He said he'll be the bait, but he never said he was going to kill himself. So I mean, I don't know, because when he's talking to Beast before Beast gives him the vial and everything, like, they're yeah. so dramatic about it. And I mean, I obviously this episode has to beat around the bush about how high the stakes are because it's a kid's show, but the interpretation I have... I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I mean, like, they don't really beat a bush to the bush. They're kind of like, everyone's going to die. Like, they say that several times in here, I mean, you know? It basically seemed to me 
I mean, it doesn't really matter when he figures it out, but at some point, Warlock makes the decision that he's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good. As for whether he makes that choice earlier or later is sort of up to your interpretation of this scene. Yeah, you can watch this yourself and let us know what you think. At some point, he makes the decision. And right before he does it, he actually shouts, self's destiny is far from fulfilled, which is like this weird, ominous line where he's basically saying like, maybe I'm going to die doing this, but like, that's not going to be my final act. <laughs> like, I don't know. Or, or alternately, <laughs> like, what is I, alternately? It could mean that he's like, this isn't going to kill me. Like, this isn't the end of my yeah. destiny or the end of my life. Like, no matter what, I'm going to be back, which he is spoilers. Um, so as soon as he throws himself into this, the whole core, everything starts melting down. It's like explodes, explodes. The virus works. It's basically instantaneous. And like, everything is exploding all over the world essentially and beast and is like it's working and like the empire state building like swirls into like green mist and everything swirls away into the clouds and all the people are on the street somewhere like being fine and then we see cameron hodge like just normalized cameron hodge like out randomly walking down the street except like as soon as he gets depossessed he has a metal arm and a leg like edward elric basically which like I don't know. I guess the guy lost an arm and a leg is, is basically what this episode <laughs> yeah. is telling us. I mean, we don't, I mean, uh, we'll get to that, but yeah, <laughs> he's, he's just like a cyborg running around. And he goes, flesh, flesh. No! no. Yeah, I know. And then, and then they Magneto and Beast go to Warlock, who is still all right. Yeah, and Warlock he, they wants don't to know, know if, if he is yet. At first it seems like yeah, he's they dead. Don't. And then he's like, are you okay? He's, no, he gets up and he's like, is life mate still alive and beast is like honestly we didn't see her anywhere so we don't know warlock cries and he's like it was the best decision to kill her in order to save the world yes. but then i guess he senses her because then he flies off like fucking rogue and like rips some debris apart and finds some goop on the ground and he's like it's her and then the goop like morphs out of puddle form and turns into a full-on like humanoid like alien and they reunite yep and they're like, we're together again. And then Cyclops and Jean like run at each other and, and twirl around. Out. And <laughs> I know so they, they like immediately much. start like fucking like right in front it's of Wolverine like again. So much like the makeout animation. They like really put some effort into it. There's like tonning going on in there. Yeah. You know, it's like we see some ton. Yeah, um, it's not. It's more than anybody needs to see. And so then Xavier's like, it appears that everything and everyone has been restored. It is ironic that a virus would prove so curative. Thank you all. I never thought I'd see the day when we would all be working together and then magneto, honestly that's what needs to happen though <laughs> I know, honestly but magneto is basically like i sense no new mutant solidarity charles with the fate of the planet hanging in the balance many acted to save their own skin and then cyclops is like such as mr sinister where is he and there's this whole like nobody cares shot. okay it's so funny oh and mr sister running into an alley for in like a quick background. blow job from like i don't know and then like jeans just goes let it go. I just fucking want to go home and I don't want to chase Mr. Sinister right now. It's like, it's so funny. It's so, it's so hilarious that they show Mr. Sinister running away, like in the background of that shot. Like it's, it's the funniest It's so shit funny. It really looks like he's running into like an, an alley to get like a quick hookup, yeah, like blown behind the dumpster. away from the opposite of that. No hookups from No, Scott. I know. Also, I want to point out that that line that Jean had is probably the first time in this entire series where she's been in character. <laughs> yeah, where she's like let it the fuck go scott yeah well because like in the comic books like gene is like she is a little short-tempered she is always slightly annoyed by like 
everything. It's why her and Emma like like don't get along. I mean, obviously because they're both like vexing for Cyclops's attention, right. but also they're both these two psychics where they both are like really fucking annoyed by people. Yeah. But like Jean gets like a lot more hot headed about it, where like Emma doesn't, and that drives Jean crazy. Like. So this is the first time we've seen her to be like, let it go, Scott. I just want to go home. Like, you know. (laughs) I enjoyed it. Um, I did too. So Warlock then pipes up and he's like, Self also wishes to return home. Self, friends, Hank and Forge, you've done so much for Self and LifeMate already, but will you help me return to the homeworld? And Forge is like, sure, I guess, but why would you want to go there? And then Warlock is like, to fulfill Self's destiny and free the homeworld from the Nexus forever. Self has run from self's problems long enough and that was when i was like oh so i guess that's what he meant before he like almost died when he was screaming that his destiny wasn't over was that he was like if i survive i'm going to do the next best thing which is destroying the hive mind on my own planet like now that he's done it on earth so like that's what he does do in the comic books he does deal with a which is his own fucking family and dad so that's kind of fucked up weird but whatever it it, i mean i guess you got to decide if you're like part of a horrific system if you want to destroy it or not and basically or if you want to like rebel you know and so xavier is like even if you have given up hope for yourself magnus there are reasons to work for a better future here comes one now and then quicksilver just walks in from like nowhere (laughs) he like walks from off panel he's like hey guys what's up and then magneto and him's hug everyone's smiling and clapping wanda's in the background like what am i chopped liver okay (laughs) you know what it's really funny because like in x-men evolution they're like pietro and uh, magneto have like this whole relationship and then later on they introduce wanda where Magneto had just ignored her and she's just like i fucking hate him i want to kill him which then and wolverine the x-men they're like besties and i was like sometimes people just don't know or understand wanda i don't know like i feel like x-men evolution like actually does nail it correctly but so i like her wolverine the x-men too so whatever <laughs> anyway so everyone's smiling and clapping and beast is like sentiments shared by every parent on earth which is like a really strange end line yeah, there it is but really okay weird to like have that be the final line before the credits is like magneto's a dad and that's what's really important <laughs> about magneto and i was like all right fine i mean i did like, like cut to credits I did like how yet again we had an x-men ending where charles was like wasn't it great that we worked together magneto and once again magneto just turns to him and he's like i'm not getting back together with you like stop <laughs> fucking asking asking me like it's been like 16 times it's not gonna work i'm gonna go goodbye i know i fucking love magneto it's it's so good so good anyway politics baby politics We cannot talk about COVID-19 for 20 minutes. No, I I feel like I cannot do it this week. No, I listened to our last segment, which I'm glad we did it because that was a really important little time capsule. We talked for like 30 minutes and I like tried to cut it down to 20. I think Maddie, you and I just needed to talk that out and we hadn't had a chance to do that as friends yet. (laughs) So like, well, we we DM each other and stuff, but yeah, it's well, okay. We do DM each other. But what our listeners don't know is that sometimes we don't have time to catch up in person or like, 
like on Skype or on the phone or something. So we use these DMs. So then when we get in here, we'll like have a whole extensive conversation before we start recording. And then sometimes what Maddie has to cut out other extensive conversations like that we have in the middle of recording. Well, because we just like yeah. to talk to each other. For example, this aside that we're in right now that I'm probably going to leave in because why not? Yeah, well, so this one, this one is like at least explaining our fucking lives. So that is why that went on so long. I mean, obviously COVID-19 is still happening. Yes. It's like, it's still freaky, but I don't feel as panicked as we did when we were first walking into mm-hmm. it which was exactly when we when we started watching this last well, episode I mean, like i said this episode was kind of comforting to me in a weird way that's what i said too because okay so there's a lot of stuff here at the end that i was like that whole line where xavier says it's ironic how a virus could be so curative i never thought i would see the day where we'd all work be working together and it's kind of like yeah every nation actually does need to work together right now and stop fighting each other because that's pretty much the only way we're going to get like get through this you know and i for what it's worth i think a lot of world leaders are hitting that point right now and it's a very strange thing and even within our own system and government in the u.s there's like a lot of different parties that yeah there's there's been some pushback but for the majority a lot of people including our presidents like okay we've had fucking like work together I think it fucking blew my mind the other day when Trump like fucking had a tweet that said, "Okay, the Senate needs to actually work together and pass a bill." And I was Which like, they just "Wow!" Did, like right before we, yeah. So yesterday, the Senate put together a bill with a with a big relief package. It has some obvious downsides, which we don't need to get into, but it also has a lot of upsides. no. That's not the point of the show. Um, and just as we're recording this, the House of Representatives unanimously voted to pass the. The bill which i mean the fact that it's unanimous is wild i, I mean supposedly it's only because yeah. Rand paul is is has coronavirus and couldn't vote on it and wouldn't have voted for it <laughs> but you know what that's fine that guy's not around to vote on it so we get a unanimous vote hey so i was mistaken here it was the senate that had a unanimous vote and it's also the senate that Rand paul is a part of please forgive me for never remembering who is a senator and who is a member of the house of representatives our country who can remember this stuff i don't know People with better memories than I have. And it is like kind of surprising to me that it's unanimous, but it's also not because this is one of those situations where it's like, you know, people are going to die and we need to limit the number of people who are going to die either from the virus or poverty due to the fallout from the economic shit. Right. This episode is it doesn't get that heavy with it, but it, it definitely is like. If you're in a situation where people are going to fucking die, you need to you need to put down whatever bullshit petty squabbles you had or even real squabbles yeah. because yeah. you need to just figure out how to survive. And like in Magneto's case in particular, it's like Magneto is just in his Superman-esque Fortress of Solitude, like in a depressive episode, essentially like Asteroid M failed. He feels like a failure. He's just spiraling by himself and like being selfish. Well, that, that's of. almost that's almost like self. That's like almost separate from what's happening because that is like but that's real, the case you know? of somebody. Well, I know, but that is somebody who is like a strong activist that everybody knows that has gotten tired of fighting for rights that he is not getting like he's hit this point where he's like i don't know if i can fight anymore he's like he's like i i've literally removed everybody from the planet to give them a better life and still people are trying to kill us he's like i'm just and then and then he's also like and then my own like brothers and sisters were trying to kill each other yes. you know what i mean yeah like that's the really sad part about asteroid am is like trying yeah. to form a, a separatist nation essentially and then like seeing that devolve from the inside i mean those episodes were really cool as well it's like it's like he's sitting there being like is there a point are we ever going to reach 
a point where we can live but, in peace. But the like, thing you know, that snaps him out of it is his son. But I, I'm also just like, also, he ends up working with both Mr. Sinister and the X-Men in order to make this happen, which is like wild. I mean, it's it's just like a cool situation where you see all these characters. He clearly does like, not like Mr. Sinister. I mean, like he, I think Magneto tolerates the X-Men, especially because in the comic books, he works with them so frequently. Right. You know, and I think when it comes down to it, I think Magneto... Like, I mean, Magneto and Xavier have just taken turns at this point being, like, the headmaster of the X-Men, you know? And then sometimes we have, like, other leaders that are, like, Logan or Storm or Cyclops or Kitty Pryde. Mm -hmm. But, like, it does bounce back and forth a lot. Actually, in one of the more recent comics of the Fantastic Four X-Men crossover, Kitty Pryde had to make a call without one of, like, the leaders being there. And then Magneto's like, you don't have the right to do that. And Kitty's like, you you are fucking here, so I made the call. Like, I kind of love that. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway... The point being is that, um, you know, like Magneto is just trying to fight for his rights and I, I, he's given up. And like sometimes we've reached that point, too. There's definitely times been, especially in the LGBTQ community, where we've been like, OK, I'm just fucking like, tired. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like how many times can you push for something and then see it taken away from you again or whatever? I mean, like, well, OK, honestly, right before gay marriage became legal in all 50 states in America, we had done a couple years there where like certain states were legalizing gay marriage and then other states that had gay marriage were like suddenly taking it away mm-hmm. and it was getting to that point where we're like okay so because we were so excited because like we're like oh finally we can get married to our like our partners and then like then in random places they were like taking it away after that was just made legal and everyone's like well that sucks and then they like across the board were like no it's legal yeah. and i was like yeah. okay thank god but like that's a good example of being like I'm fucking tired because it's like you give us something and then you take it away. Um, I think for Magneto it's on a much greater scale because obviously he has done these extreme methods of trying to be an activist and like save his people. But then that his own fucking people are fucking turning against each other. And Magneto's like I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah. I mean I get it. I fucking feel that. And I I feel like even just watching the way the politicians are talking about COVID nineteen now, it reminds me of that. Where it's like, I mean, like obviously Bernie Sanders is one example, but there's plenty of other politicians that are like, can you fucking pay attention to like how bad shit actually is and how much we need to change and like yeah. to have the response from like certain establishment institutions be like, it's fine. Like it's been wild to watch and like the extent to which a crisis changes the way you feel and like changes the way you think like i don't know it's crazy i that's too much of a diversion i don't know what the fuck i'm saying no i don't know i mean honestly it does follow up because after xavier has that line about the the virus being so curative and like bringing people together magneto has that follow-up where he's like i don't really know if this is actually going to fix everything yeah i mean that's fucking real like no it is and i think right now Okay, so first of all, I actually do think a lot of good is going to come from this in terms of I how we're going so. to review I things. I fucking hope so. But... No, I do. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that like, oh, like this fixes everything. We're going to get along now. Yeah, because or like now the virus is actually good. Like that and, is like kind yeah. of like all right. the thing Xavier's saying only to have Magneto be like, um, no. I don't know if I pull that <laughs> bullshit. You know, yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, it had some 
potentially good outcomes in the sense that it like forced them to put aside their grievances and work together, which is something that should happen in real life more often. But especially when the grievances are fucking stupid and don't even make any sense, which in, in a lot of cases is, is true. So like, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this thought. I'm just mad. I, I'm just <laughs> mad at society and I'm trying well, not to make too. that this politics I'm trying not to. I mean, the politics right now are so bad to the point where I, I, I made it. I said on my Twitter yesterday and on my like, you know, my Instagram and Facebook stories. I was like, don't watch the news. It's don't look helpful. it up. Don't it's go on helpful. Google and type in coronavirus. Don't post more news all over your, your social media. If you want to know what like is happening with the coronavirus and COVID, COVID-19. Yeah, but there's like easier ways to do that. Like I just go to like the town website to tell me like I, yeah, how things are doing here. the town websites are really helpful. I, and I, I know think we said we weren't going to talk about this, but the town websites, like people have actual statistics about no, I could, in your area Right, because I think released. that is actually, uh, it's, it's more relieving. And also signing up to hear what your governor says, like so you can get a direct emails or texts about that. And yeah. then just ignoring the rest of it it really makes things a lot easier to deal with. So it does. it does. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. And also just like helping out the people, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, pull a Mr. Sinister or whatever, pull a beast, yeah. help out the people that, you know, you may, in your you may not vicinity. like your neighbor, but if you see, they need fucking toilet paper, bring it over to them. If they need food, they need something. Sure. Bring it on over. Don't run yeah. into an alley for like Mr. Sinister looking for a blowjob in the middle of all this though. So <laughs> yeah, don't steal all the shit from stores that you don't even need or whatever like share your wealth share your hoard with your friends and yeah, with everybody else absolutely that is a good lesson to take away from all of this shit <laughs> but going back to magneto uh sorry <laughs> yeah, let's I, talk more I, about magneto's feelings no because i was trying to get back to the actual politics of the show uh, so okay. i i do think politically in our current social climate and also when there's been similar like pandemics in the past that we haven't lived through but we know have existed they have had to sit there and examine how things work and at this particular point in time we have been looking at like how the healthcare system works and also you know like making sure people are getting paid good wages and pto and vacation time and so now all of that is going to be looked at it doesn't mean that everyone's going to suddenly be like kumbaya we're going to stop like doing all the fucking stupid bullshit because like (laughs) i think magdi is right in the sense of this he's like no there's still going to be like yeah, we're going to fix some stuff, but there's going to be blowback on that too. And yeah, he's just, and I like, think that's what he's realized. Selfish people, and like, there's still going to be people just acting in their own interests and not being able to see the bigger picture. Even though very briefly in this episode, everybody could see that bigger picture and right. could be like, this is more important than anything else. Like people are, at least in Magneto's view, he's like, people are going to go back to being selfish, which is like sort of sad, but I'm also like, that's true though. And like, yeah. I guess the other lesson though is that Magneto's kind of like, I do have a family. Like I have a sort of makeshift family in the form of the X-Men and like these fucking weirdos that I know, but I also have a real family that like I haven't been responsible for and haven't been aware of. And like, I have to take that responsibility as well. And like, even though in this episode, like that aspect of Magneto's character is still, it's like forcing him to deal with the real world as opposed to an abstract idea of like what activism is where he's like, no, there's like actual literal people who I'm responsible for. Like in they're right here, like standing in front of me. Like it's not just me alone in my warehouse, like ignoring all of that. shit. Yeah. I I think he needed to experience that. And it's kind of like, I, I, that, that is what I think pushes people to continue to be an activist. It's like, they remember, the people they love you know what yeah. i mean and that does push them forward you know that's all you can do there's actually there's so many politics in here like i love the whole virus fighting a virus thing because that's a real thing that happens um not yeah. that frequently and i wish they could figure that out for COVID 19 
but like it is a thing okay but also like this is like this this whole scene hit me really hard to hard to home right now when moira and fucking amelia were like okay we need to get like forge is asking to use the ship and moira's like no we need to save the patients and forge goes you can't save them you have to let them die because that's how we're going to save everybody else in the entire world that is like some real shit that we're dealing with right now I know. You know, like, although so, in this episode, it's not it's not as extreme because everybody survives in the end. Well, yeah, and they're also like all on one island, you know. Yeah, so. and they're also like all completely fine. Like it does that part of it. You know what? It's nice. I I said it before. I'll say it again. It's just nice. It's nice. In this it's episode, it's nice to know that there happy. there is a way <laughs> to come out of this okay, and that is something that I agree with. And like, I it it is true. It's going to be a little rough for a little bit, and we're going to have some economical like crises that we're going to have to deal with. But like historically we have gotten through them so like and this is something that we have a lot more technology and the ability to communicate through now so oh, we'll be okay true. there have certainly so, been some crises that we haven't gotten through historically but i'm hoping right. this isn't one of those and that it doesn't destroy everything and that we'll figure it out because you yeah, know, we have the internet so like how bad could it really be you know <laughs> we yeah. have we have zoom conferencing software so we're actually gonna be fine yeah we're gonna yeah. be just fine yeah i agree Ryan, yeah. who's that X-Men? Let's fucking do it. Okay, ready? <gasps> who's that X-Men? Oh my god, what? <laughs> it's not even an X-Men. What no, it's I... not, but an X-Men okay. character who is Cameron Hodge. And just don't dun, worry, dun, this dun. is sh- this is short. I know you've been listening for an hour and 15 minutes at this point, but uh, there's not a lot to him. I thought he was in a lot more comics, but really he's not. So Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So Cameron Hodge first appeared in X-Factor number one. His abilities as the phalanx include immortality and superhero physical attributes. But for the most part, he was actually human for most yeah. of the comic books. The Phalanx yeah. was actually a very small tidbit of his comic book history. <laughs> Which is also true in this show. It's really just these couple episodes that he's part of the Phalanx deal. That's true. Well, this is the first time we've really got any, any kind of spotlight information on Cameron Hodge. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cameron Hodge was the college roommate of Warren Worthington III. After the original five X-Men team had disbanded, Cameron Hodge and Warren hatched a plan to get the original five members back together again. Under Hodge, they would have the old team pose as professional mutant hunters under the name of X-Factor, which actually was to cover them contacting and rescuing young mutants. This created a lot of anti-mutant hysteria. The team suffered several injuries, including Warren's wings getting amputated, Jean Grey (sighs) hallucinating the Phoenix, and an explosion on the Blackbird that almost killed all of them. It was later then revealed that Cameron Hodge was behind all of that because he's actually a commander of an anti-mutant terrorist group. Surprisingly, not the Friends of Humanity, just a different one. Just Great. one of the many. Great uh, stuff. Hodge in the right made a pact with the demon. I don't even know how to pronounce this. It's like Nistir. It's N. Here, let me let me, let me spell this for you and let you, Maddie, the English major, try and figure this out. <laughs> okay. N. It's N like Nancy apostrophe A S T I R H. Nastier? 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 Nastier, probably. Honestly, (laughs) that would probably make sense because it's a comic book and that's the kind of fucking name. Oh my god. Nastier? Nastier? Nastier. I think it's Nastier. Okay, great. I mean, Nasty Boys. I mean, it's a fictional character. We can pronounce it. Well, it can be whatever the fuck we we want to pronounce it. Yeah. In exchange for the Muppet Babies. I mean, wait. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, in exchange for the mutant baby. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. <laughs> in we exchange- are tired. It is after 10 p.m. Mutant babies. Anyway. In exchange for some mutant babies, the demon would be able to open up a portal from limbo to earth. Hodge kidnaps Warren's ex-girlfriend, Candy Southern, and kills her, to which Warren shows up as Archangel after he'd been uh, transformed by Apocalypse, and he decapitates Cameron Hodge. So at this point, we think Cameron Hodge is dead. Mm-hmm. And in the extinction agenda, Cameron Hodge was revealed to be alive. His severed head had been attached to a grotesque cyborg as a result of his pact with Nastier. Right. So That's that is why... That's what he looks like in this episode. He's just yes. like a head on like a weird robot tentacle but, body. Right, but that explains what happens to his body is that right. fucking Warren killed him in like a psychotic rage. Yeah. So, which is to be fair. I mean, like he did like like he did put, really fuck some shit up for the x-men yeah and all really and also ever, like killed so... his girlfriend his yeah. ex-girlfriend so that's seems fair seems fair except uh, unfortunately cameron hodge came back to life and the phalanx has helped so that's well not very great. briefly yeah. so as his cyborg self hodge took a leading role at genosha and during that time he killed warlock in an attempt to steal his mutant shape-shifting powers which we talked about in warlock spotlight of the last episode mm-hmm. um and also during that time havoc works for cameron hodge because he had amnesia for a brief period of time but then he remembers who he is and he tries to bring down cameron hodge from within genosha which is an interesting plot uh so the x-men attack cameron hodge and he escapes as just ahead again and then cameron hodge returns later as a member of the phalanx he is slain by Archangel again during that time. And then also when he merges once again through the Phalanx, he is defeated by Stephen Lane. Uh, and that's at the Phalanx Citadel. That's pretty much, he really doesn't do too much as the Phalanx, but, you know, yeah. that's fine. He's never been in any live action adaptations? No, he actually appeared one more time briefly when Cameron Hodge's remains were found by the, in the Himalayas by the Purifiers. Ah. And, then, and then Hodge is revived by Bastion, who infects him with the Transmode virus. But then Cameron Hodge is killed by Warlock and the New Mutants. So it does come full circle. The thing is that, like, Cameron Hodge... Like, I already explained it in this episode, but he's kind of a terrifying villain in the sense that he's like a human that poses as somebody that's going to be your friend so he can get closer to all your friends that are like you to kill all of you in one go. Yeah. That's the kind of fucked up shit he does, and that's terrifying. And also, like, like, and that's why I felt like the game metaphor actually did work there because that did happen back in the day. Like, there'd right. be like, there'd be like, like hate crimes would be committed by somebody being tricked into being in a place that they shouldn't actually be. And yeah, because they thought this person was gay, but this right. like, person's like, actually, I'm not gay, and or like, I'm gonna now beat the shit out of you. you anyway. Yeah, just because they hate yeah. themselves. Um, yeah, I mean, like that was like a real thing happening in the 80s and even the 90s, even though nobody really talked about it in the 90s, but it was still happening in like the 90s and 2000s. It still happens now, but not nearly as as frequent as it did like 20 years ago yeah it's okay but this is also why like anonymous sex can be very dangerous and i know that like i don't want to say grinder or anything like that but there's a lot of dating apps both for like men and women but specifically for like gay men where like they like there was i remember there being like when craigslist first started and they started having hookups on there for like 
anybody and there was like a lot of hate crimes that were committed through that and craigslist had to put like a disclaimer being like please be very careful if you're meeting above somebody you don't know make sure you meet in a public place yeah like that was like a real thing that happened i mean that's like the joke people still tell about craigslist i don't know how we got onto this topic this well is i mean like it's it's, it's, it's really it, i know but it, it was like it was because i was relating it to cameron, cameron hodge. hodge yeah yeah that, cameron hodge would be the guy who would go on craigslist and try to kill you uh that's yeah, basically his character um, so anyway that <laughs> That is that's him that's it for you do you, speaking of cameron hodge do we want to talk about who's gay sure the x-men are this episode he i mean he's he's hating on magneto he's saying magneto's beard is sexy he's he's like trying to fucking like suck logan's cock he's trying to suck logan's dick he's talking about how logan is the most special mutant in the world by the way logan like doesn't ever escape except like they could have freed logan at the end i guess that's right don't but i think that's like as gay as this gets other than like xavier hitting on magneto magneto being like no i'm not gonna make out with you or get together with you not gay though like that's still pretty gay i mean mr sinister Sinister? he's gay on his own but like just... it's actually okay but, but he's gay on his own in a, in a way that like we haven't talked about on this show because mostly our gay shit comes up from like did you see like gambit and like logan looking at each other we know they fucked like you know <laughs> yeah whereas mr sinister is just flamboyant and sexual yeah. and like yeah i mean it's really funny like that whole thing where he's just like not bored and pushing water out the window was like or off the ship was really funny to me you know yeah i don't know like taking so much pleasure in the fact that his scientific experiment worked i mean like who's to say if those things are gay or not but he's he definitely like has a certain kind of energy well i mean like energy that we choose to interpret as queer because we i think okay so Okay, so in recent comic books and like the House of X universe right. that I mean, John Stankman is ready, is a queer character like straight. I up. mean, I oh, dude, I like I can't even. It's at the point right now where the X Men is like about to burst. Like, like the, imagine if the X Men was just a giant cock about to explode because that's <sighs> like literally where they're at right well, now. Because in terms like of like trying to come out of the closet, so it's like yeah. a cock that is like pushing open the closet door with its yeah. boner self. <laughs> Okay, that image is really funny I mean, to you think came about. Up with it. I'm just echoing what <laughs> okay. you already said. Uh, you know what? You're right. That's stupid. That was a really bad uh, like way to describe it. So anyway, the point <laughs> being is that like things are very gay on Krakoa right now. Yeah. And like at this point, I'm like, okay, are Cyclops and Wolverine, Wolverine canonically fucking number one? Also, yes. Who's all these? Uh, whenever they show Mister Sinister, especially in the most recent X Force, he just has like a dude draped around him, and mm-hmm. I was like. Okay, so is he out now? Like, are we just like addressing that all the experts are like vaguely gay? Because I, I mean, I that's know. great. As far as I'm concerned, they already are. I mean, like, if the comics want to come out and say it, that'd be great. But like, it won't be a surprise to me. It'll be a surprise to a whole lot of other readers who don't see what we see. But it won't be a surprise to me if they all come out of the closet. Oh yeah, th- there was some weird. There were some ner- news articles where like some straight guys are mad that Wolverine might be like having sex with Cyclops, and like Wolverine's not gay, and it's like nobody said he was so calm down <laughs> yeah but even being bisexual is like an affront to those people i'm sure so oh my god that's crazy to me anyway I, 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 I just don't understand that shit 
Uh, I mean, on this show, we respect Wolverine's queer ass, and we we it's understand beautiful. that he's a not queer, straight. beautiful, hairy ass. And anyway, he doesn't have to be in the closet on this show, and nobody no, does. So that's no, how it. That's nobody's how it in the closet on this show, especially us. Anyway. <laughs> I give this episode another five out of five X's. I it's do too. really good, I and really this is the first it. time. Yeah, think, it's yeah, first I think time. it's the first time we've given two fives to a two-parter. Is it? Yeah, I know. It is. Wow. And like, I when I finished the episode, I was like, maybe this might be one of my favorite episodes of the se- the entire series because we're on season five. When yeah. we finish this season, we're gonna and have we to do. Season five was gonna be shit, and like here we are, right out of the gate with two episodes that we really loved. That's like shocking I know. to me. Well, when we get when we finish season five, I would actually love to just do an episode that's us reflecting on the whole show and talking yeah. about our favorite moments and our favorite episodes because this is going to be up there the phalanx oh, covenant yeah. was surprisingly very good you know what else is going to be up there the fact that i don't think rogue or jubilee are annoying at all at all like i just yeah. think rogue and jubilee are fucking great so like spoilers I, I don't, for that episode because like right. that is well that is i think so we're gonna have to watch to we have to watch jubilee's fairy tale theater know, too soon I and i think that there. I think that is what made people go anti Jubilee. It that's really one is out of like I don't know. And honestly, knowing us, we're gonna probably fucking enjoy it anyway know, because it's like gonna be will. like all the X Men in a ridiculous fantasy setting. So it's gonna be basically Warcraft Valley, and okay, we're just gonna also laugh at it's it. It's gonna be Jubilee like doing Jubilee shit, and we'll probably like that too. But like as we're an trash. elf, <laughs> yeah. I don't I think know. like I'm, Wolverine's I, like an ogre or something. I don't know. That sounds great to me. I'm ready for some Warcraft Valley esque fan fiction about the x-men to be canonically on the show anyway i liked this episode five out of five x's i thought it was great i definitely think these are both a watch don't skip even though it doesn't have any greater overbearing on the marvel universe or the x-men universe they're very good episodes they're very good team-ups they're very good characterizations and politics happening in there and if you want something that's going to make you feel a little bit better about covid19 Watch these two episodes because it's going to show you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel here. So yeah, we'll be okay. Which is kind of nice, you know. Yeah, we're just waiting for Beast Forge, Mister Sinister, hey, and Magneto, and Magneto to all get together and figure some and shit Fock. out. And fuck. Yeah, and Warlock. Oh yeah, and of course Warlock, the most important part of the puzzle. How could I forget yeah. that guy? Don't cool, forget cool, that. Cool. Uh, so, do we have any Lister mail? Yeah, we have one today. Great. Um, so this comes from Andrew, who writes, Hi, Maddie and Ryan. On the first episode about the Phalanx, you mentioned that they seem more like an Avengers problem. In past episodes, you've talked about the X-Men as freedom fighters, activists, and child soldiers. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Avengers as paramilitary on the side of fascists in one of the doomed futures. This kind of got me thinking about Watchmen themes of superheroes equaling cops, to put it simply. Right. So where do you think the X-Men fit into that analogy? Should they only get involved in politics that directly involve them? Or does great power come with great responsibility? And are they like super police? Thanks, Andrew. This This is is a a great question. question. I actually think your point earlier in the episode about Forge really helps uh, shed some light on the answer to this, which is to say, like, the X-Men only get involved in this because they are directly attacked like beast watches all of his friends get attacked and then he is the only one to escape but he's not necessarily like now i have to save the world like he's just kind of like going one step at a time but the next thing that he does is essentially contact a super cop that he knows which is forge like he's basically contacting somebody who has who does work for the military and like in Beast's case he's like a doctor like a doctor still cares about taking care of people still cares about taking care of the world or whatever but he's not necessarily a cop 
or at least I wouldn't characterize him that way. And I don't think Beast seems that way. Like, I don't feel like Beast is a character who's like, I should be a leader. I should be in charge of the planet, like whatever, charge of society. Like, he's not that kind of guy. He's more like a doctor type who's like, I want to take care of people. I want to help people and like talk to people about my favorite poems. (laughs) So like, (laughs) I don't know. That's kind of more how I interpret Beast politics in this. And then it also just reminds me of the actual reality that we're in, which we've gone over so many times, but like actual doctors have to work with actual police and actual soldiers and like actual government officials everyone has to work together all, i mean like right now is a great example on deck in yeah. order to deal with a virus that is sweeping over the entire planet and yeah i mean i guess you could say like all the social distancing measures like that's just what the cops are telling us to do and fuck cops but it's like no that's also what doctors are telling us to do and it's also <laughs> like what we all have to do in order to stay alive it's not it's not quite the same as like a fascist order or at least in my mind it's not really it's more like I don't, a, I mean, a social I mean, good or a social necessity so that as many yeah. people can survive as possible but i mean i think if like the x-men or a variation of the x-men existed in the watchman universe and i have oh, not yeah, watched the new show so maybe honestly yeah but like when you were talking about the fascists i was thinking yeah, about yeah, it again yeah. and i have not seen the new tv show on hbo I and have. it probably they probably have dived into it a little bit of the idea of there being other activists that fight for people's rights but like are not actually superheroes not as much as you'd think they would on that show it's only it's only like eight nine episodes it's pretty short and they really just interrogate the idea of superheroes being cops and they basically just stick with that they don't really get into like uh the idea of like x-men existing or something like that like i think it would be really interesting if they tried but they don't have like a freedom fighter version of a team that's like also out there just like separately as like their own group well Um, right that'd be cool though but i mean i mean at this point in marvel comics everybody knows who the x-men are but for a very long time a big part of the x-men universe for like a good i mean straight up when they first started doing the x-men comics they like they it was so goofy enough that people like in that world knew who they were but then it went down to like the idea of like nobody knows the x-men exist you know like and so i I really feel like they would still be activists fighting for their rights because that's the big difference here is like you know the adventures is like essentially a government part of yeah. like, it's part of the uh, part of the military and government that's i mean they go in and out of that, but like there's definitely storylines where like the avengers are contacted by the president or by the un or whatever in the comics and they like have a little blue phone that they pick up and they're like the humans need us again or whatever yeah and they i mean i know off. and they like go run off but the x-men aren't like that the x-men yeah. are fighting for their rights and, and like xavier will skype call the president but like usually Xavier's the one making the plea and being like hey so our rights are being impinged upon again like fyi like we're yeah. all fucking dying over here yeah <laughs> like, i know it's a little different um i know i know and it's it's just very interesting so i feel like the x-men would still exist as activists in that world because yeah. they're not they're not supposed to be like front and center that's never been the point of the x-men and it says kind of gotten away from that over the years because now everybody knows who the x-men are because they did the whole i think i think once when they hit that point that new x-men had with grant morrison inventing like a million other mutants and then house of m happening really changed how the x-men worked quintessentially within the marvel universe and how they were perceived by other characters and stuff yeah and i think i think that's why we wound up and i mean just besides all the rights issues between fox and marvel and like i think they didn't know how to proceed 
with the story i think everything like they tried doing utopia for a little while but i think krakoa has been like the next logical step in that story yeah and being like because like in krakoa like it's only been like all the mutants we've ever really seen and it's kind of a reminder it's been a very big reminder that there aren't a lot of mutants right. there really aren't and like we and see them all be. there shouldn't be no and it's we see, and now krakoa are. has like every hero and villain that was an x-men or in x-men is now living at krakoa and it's like there's only like 500 of them mm-hmm. that's like the whole nation and that's like in like you know they're looking for more mutants in the world but like now it's like they're all settled in one place you know right um i think obviously there was a lot more because the whole Jadosha thing when like magdi cassandra nova shot all the rockets yeah, at them right, the sentinels right, right. and like you know but like in that like narrowed the amount of people there but we i don't really know how, what the fucking population of genosha was right so I, mean, I don't know if the comics have ever spelled out like recently what the percentages of mutants or like how common the mutant gene is um it'd be yeah. interesting if if they like updated those numbers or something i don't know yeah i think i people think we're heading in, in that direction us. i don't well i feel like it's more like they're heading in the direction where we're going to find out a little bit more about that but anyway so the point being is that like yeah the x-men exist but they kind of like they would just exist doing their own thing yeah i'm trying to also cops Maybe no, Xavier I was also <laughs> right, and I was also thinking about like Batman on the larger scale because right, I know I mean, obviously Watchmen, he's Watchmen is very DC, and it's very much a commentary on DC's tropes and like how DC superheroes operate, and like it doesn't feel like Marvel. It just so it's, no, it's part it of why it's hard to answer this question because so much of Watchmen is a reflection of Superman stories, Wonder Woman, uh, Batman, especially Batman above all, and like it's a criticism of that and a criticism of like the Batman tropes in in some pretty cool ways like i think watchmen's a cool book and i i like the show as well but i think part of why it's hard to answer this is because x-men is also a criticism of that in so many ways and like a criticism of establishment yeah politics. I, that's that's really true it's just that it, it's doing it in a different cornier way like the 60s and 70s politics of x-men are like pretty basic compared to like what watchmen was trying to do when it came out but yeah, I, still, I, I agree with that. It's still criticism on some level of that stuff, I think. And, and obviously Watchmen has their represent, representation of Batman on there, but mm-hmm. like when you think about Gotham City, which apparently is like this huge fucking city that's like the size of like a state because it's like <laughs> that fucking big. And like so many people live in it. It's like, I mean, it really is like a very... Str- I've always found the politics of Batman very interesting because it's like there's so many rich people in Boston and then there's like... I mean, Boston, oh my god, there's so many rich people in Gotham. I mean, that's also true. I thought you were just talking about Boston. I no, 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 I was, I, no. I was like, there's a lot of rich people in Gotham, and obviously there's like a lot of poverty, but it's like so big that there's like such big shifts in it. But then there's also like such crazy supervillains that you're like, why would you want to live here in the first place? I know. But like, I think, I think really there must be like, there must be a lot of jobs there. And honestly, when you think but about like cities, they do suffer from, yeah, it's very similar to that. Yeah, and like, to answer that question about like the idea of like the, the vigilantes there, I mean Batman. Before you introduce the Justice League, it's like Batman and like ten other characters that are masked and like running around and like fighting the crime that like the cops are not, and that's you know but like that's also, just getting like, Batman works with the cops, which is part of why. I mean, yeah. well, I, I don't know. <laughs> we could really go on a whole tangent here about oh, Batman for like another hour and like what the symbolism of that is. But this, I don't know. This is well, an interesting uh, the point, question. The point, uh, the point I was trying to make is that like you get Batman and all like the Bat people and they are just, they are just crime fighters or vigilantes going out there trying to fight for the people. That is what is happening with them. But then you get the Justice League involved, which is like 
that is like the equivalent to Avengers, then suddenly it gets a lot more dicey. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah I do. Ugh. Anyway, that's why that you know what honestly Marvel needs but doesn't have is they, they don't have a character that's equivalent to uh, Amanda on um in the DC wor- world. Oh my god, Amanda. You Waller? know who I'm talking? Yeah, there's like nobody who's really like anti everything like i mean like you got nick fury and maria hill and right, you got right. like agent brand but like they're they're, they're still the same deal where no they're, like they're very much like on their side and like yeah. super big picture where like amanda waller will be like well you know let's let's flatten everything out and like just do this crazy shit and like yeah you're right there isn't quite a character there's like nobody like well that. there's nobody like in the marvel universe who's sitting there questioning like all the avengers and the x-men yeah i mean i think dr doom does to a degree but dr doom also like is okay with like committing mass genocide so i don't know like i really don't know if there's a good comparison but marvel really needs one of those anyway people can write in and say if they think there is a character we're not thinking of i'm very tired so there might be i who's to say i it's it's uh it's it's 10 23 we're talking about fascism on the podcast i <laughs> honestly yeah. i don't know if anything i've said for the past hour and a half has made any sense i'm gonna find out later when i edit this episode but uh yeah i'm gonna play super smash brothers tonight anyway great, <laughs> great. Yeah, glad i just added that in there i don't know why <laughs> all right so anyway that was a really great listener mail and i'm glad that you know we only had one listener mail but it was like a very meaty listener mail that like made me think a lot about i know how the x-men would fit into watchmen which incidentally if any of our listeners haven't read watchmen i really dig that book and i like reread it very recently and talked about it on my other podcast and like how much i enjoyed rereading it and how good it was and i still yeah. feel that way i still recommend it i think it's really interesting political critique and if you like this show you you'll definitely get something out of it so yeah that's yeah cool. for sure same for the show also good i wouldn't say like i do the new watchman stuff like not the hbo show but like the new watchman comics that are oh, coming I out like even read those. Is, i have no interest. well they're just trying to integrate them in the dc universe that and it's suddenly... terrible to me like even uh, the idea of doing that is like why why would you what? well it just uh, the whole point is that they're uh, they're well, like whatever. a commentary anyway. on dc yeah it doesn't whatever. quite fit at that point yeah. anymore but whatever that's really weird so anyway um if you enjoyed this episode and you want to write in more Wait, about are we already done wait what? yeah oh okay what do you mean already <laughs> it's no, been like oh ryan i have no perception of time and i don't know where i am right now well but you're right talk we're to cable or bishop we're here we are the plug the butt plug section brought to you by wolverine and cable and bishop who's screaming about time travel is real yeah and you can write into us about all those things and all the things that you want to talk about at, uh, at that's related to the x-men at the mutant at gmail.com yes that is the email address can't that's the email address. And we also have sinister social media. We have every other social media you could dream of from Facebook to Twitter to Tumblr to Instagram to Pinterest. And we are the to Mutant X-Men. Ages on every single thing that you can be the Mutant Ages on. And we're also individually on Twitter and other platforms. I'm at Mitty Myers pretty much everywhere that you can find a person on I, I on twitter i'm at ryan pagella and on instagram at ryan.pagella because i'm pretty sure i signed up for ryan pagella before and then forgot that password like 10 years ago so now so I'm definitely ryan. follow ryan pagella and also ryan.pagella on instagram just in case the ghost ryan starts posting because like you i never mean know. yeah then you can let me know so <laughs> Uh, yeah. we also have a few other ways you can communicate with us we have a discord server so oh, if you yeah. want that you can actually go to our 
you can go to themutantages.com. It's over there on the right, along with our voicemail. So if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, we play them on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while you don't since write we got in. one, but they're always fun to get. Uh, let's yeah, you can reach us at, is. yep, it's 508-319-1668. And if you are calling out of the U.S., you have to add a one in there. And we have a P.O. box. Yeah, physical mail. And it's P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And that's super great. People have mailed us physical things, and it's been so fun. Yeah, we're going to do an unboxing video soon. We we, just, like, have to wait till we're allowed. We can't see each other, so uh, you can mail us stuff, and Ryan will get to see it, and then I'll get to see it many months from now. So... Um, um, you can leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. If you don't want to actually write a review, if you can leave us a star rating, that will help increase our visibility. Yes. And, you know, we have a Patreon for the show, and I get that money is super tight right now, and, like, financial, the financial world is really crazy and scary, but, and because of that, I'm just going to say, like, it's all the more important and touching for us that people are, are supporting the Patreon and, like, have been supporting the Patreon. Like, obviously, we're an independent show. Our financial situations are just as dicey as everybody else but if for whatever reason you can afford to support us in this time it's so we we are more thankful than you can possibly imagine now more than ever about that support because (laughs) it's not like the things we do for a living are anything but precarious at this time so please consider supporting the patreon if you are able to do that and if you do you are going to get some really cool rewards such as bonus episodes where we talk about the birds of prey movie and deadpool 2 and captain marvel there's like a whole backlog of bonus episodes for your listening pleasure to check out where it's just like us shooting the shit about other stuff that's like sort of tangential to x-men or like nerdy or whatever and i just feel like if you like this show you'll like that stuff and there's other cool stuff as well on there i can't i don't know my brain doesn't work anymore i've been talking for too long uh well that's that's fine uh we have some other videos sometimes we put up like special vlogs or behind the scenes videos um sometimes uh, we put up all the show notes from the show um and uh what what i where let me find the patreon actually that would make things easier for me why am i brain dead too i you know we're tired and we're extremely stressed out and we're recording this show anyway so <laughs> that let's is wrap this le- sucker up shall we yeah uh, okay so that is that um we also oh we didn't mention the fucking youtube channel okay oh, oh my god. god all right we got this we got this um so one last thing we also have a youtube channel where we play x-men games and we capture footage of ourselves playing it and it's like pretty funny and charming like for example now we're playing ravages of the apocalypse which is a quake conversion game where you like kill every clone of the x-men a billion times and it's very strange you but fight fun mr sinister and it's amazing and so if you like hearing us talk about mr sinister on this show you're definitely going to enjoy that let's play um and there's a bunch of other videos on there too that are also fun like uh clips from the animated series set to clips of this show which ryan very beautifully edits together and i have to, just have to do one it's a while and um yeah it's definitely worth subscribing to the youtube channel if you like this show i i guess i'll leave it there uh rate and review us on on apple podcasts and any other yeah. place that you can do that do we do it do we do everything i think so just go give us a subscribe and you get some fun content hell yeah i i, I just i don't know what happened I, like literally turned 10 30 and both of our energy just like burned out i mean immediately you say that 
I don't think I've had any energy for the past three weeks of my life. I feel as though my brain is dying. I, I feel that way too, just because we've been under a lot of stress exactly. in the world. So and that, that makes it really hard to concentrate and do work and take care of yourself. But it but also is something that we're all going through together. So our listeners can also agree that it's just been a tiring time. But hopefully this episode of the X-Men, the animated series, and the Mutant Ages have entertained you. And we will continue to bring you more episodes of everything. Because that right. is what we are here to do. That's what we do. And this is like one of the bright spots in my life, genuinely. So Honestly, nice mine too. And I'm glad we were able to make time, even if it is very late today <laughs> <laughs> this is us making the time guys anyway um that's all that's a wrap we'll see you yep. next time next time oh man mr sinister is gonna push somebody out the window Finally. i don't know who's gonna be yeah i don't probably know probably gene be. because gene will be like i'm falling and i don't know how to gene stop myself like, i'm asleep bye <laughs> <laughs> the